Hello and welcome to Volume 1, Issue 17 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. A little over a decade ago, a little under in PAL territories, Microsoft launched Halo Combat Evolved to rave reviews and with a view to selling their new Xbox console. Two sequels, one spin-off and a prequel later, and creator developer Bungie parted company with Microsoft to be replaced by a dedicated subsidiary 343 Industries. 343's first project prior to the forthcoming Halo 4 is a partial remake of the 2001 original, with 10 years of first-person shooter evolution since, did the game warrant such a re-release, and did 343 demonstrate their credentials with the final product? Joining me, Leon Cox, this week, Tony Atkins. Hello. Carl Moon. Hey, guys. And introducing, following a multi-million pound transfer from the (laughs) now-defunct IDKFA podcast... (laughs) Darren Gargett. Hello, hello. Welcome to Cane and Rinse, Darren. Ah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and an honour. Right, so uh, sort of of a big one to start with. Um, I remember at launch of the original ultra dark green plastic Xbox was, it was sort of known as the Halo machine due to probably a lack of other AAA titles. Um, The boxing controller was designed to play the game. Um, and which had a near one-to-one attach rate software to hardware, I believe. Um, the series still has its diehards, particularly multiplayer. Um, Reach is still well-populated, I'm sure. Um, but each episode seems to be greeted with a slightly more muted response than the last. Though Reach did well critically, very well actually, and is adored by many, uh, the wider impression I get is that more people are tired of the feel and the aesthetic, which in a post-COD, Call of Duty, Battlefield world, seem to some rather quaint. Um, so this anniversary edition, which I got for Christmas, um, very gratefully received from uh, my sister-in-law, uh, sort of falls somewhere between an HD re-release a la Ico and Shadow of the Colossus and a comprehensive repurposing a la Resident Evil on the GameCube in that gameplay levels and the script are near or identical Um, with some very minor tweaks, such as uh, an increased number of grenades you can hold. However, the musical score and the sound effects have been re-recorded, and the graphics are redrawn and reskinned rather than simply up-resed. So a few things that have been new features that have been included in the package are online co-op, which is something Tony and I can talk about, having Mm -hmm. played through it. Uh, They've added, they've redone all the in-game terminals um, so originally, with can someone remind me? They were pretty much just text. They were pretty text, yeah. There, there was images on there, text and images. Um, that used to scroll and used to scroll really fast, so you kind of read them. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Uh, I, um, vaguely, I think I only ever found a couple in my first playthrough, but I've I've found them all on this time. And mm-hmm. obviously, there's a lot of fan service in there. Um, and they're yeah, they're now full sort of FMV CG movies. But um. It's, I, I guess my feeling about those is it's debatable whether it's worth buying the package for those because they're all obviously already on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely there for the fans. Um, they've added the skulls, which were brought in first in which Halo? Can somebody tell me? Was that two or three? I'm going to say two. Carl? I would have guessed three, but it might have been two. Yeah, so skull modifiers didn't feature in the original Combat Evolved, but now you can find them there hidden, well hidden throughout the levels, as Carl discovered because he failed to find any on his playthrough so his first playthrough anyway um and they do the usual things modifiers such as making ammo less scarce uh, malfunctioning your hud uh, explosions more powerful um 
grunt pinata thing, which is always fun. And uh, the other sort of notable thing on the box is, although it doesn't say I noticed better with Kinect, <laughs> like a lot of games, um, there are some Kinect features. Uh, They're now, probably Kinect- better off not putting better with Kinect. Okay, Connect owners, did you, uh, I think we'll pretty much skim over this, but Connect owners, have you sampled the Connect features? Indeed, I have. I did, yeah. I didn't. Okay, can you go, go for it, explain. Oh, I've had a terrible nightmare with the Connect on this game. Um, playing it the other day, just to refresh my memory from completing it the first time on the 360, and I was listening to a podcast at the same time, I won't name which one, but they were saying things that sort of sounded similar to the word grenade. <laughs> and the Connect may have picked that up and threw a grenade at the floor and blew me up. Yeah, it wasn't um, wasn't the best uh, experience to have with it as well. Um, yeah, I've I've got roughly the same problem with this, Leon. You remember we were playing the, the level in co-op, and I believe it was the swamp level. So three, four, three, guilt. Yeah, um, and I said I can't see anything. Why can't I see anything? And you're, you're saying, well, it's not dark. I mean, if it is dark, I can't see anything. I think I realised what had happened because if oh, you yeah, if course. you say um, on the connect darker, um, it makes it uh, the contrast darker, and then you can say lighter, <laughs> it makes the contrast lighter. Because so every I think time you were saying this looks a lot darker. darker. Yeah, it kept going darker. Now the way you can get around this, of course, is to turn connect features off, and you can individually say which ones you want it to uh, recognise as voice commands okay. and not. So I think they've allowed <laughs> for those. But when you don't realise you're doing that, because I'd pretty much forgotten about the Connect commands, um, you, know, you can find yourself in a ridiculous situation. Because we thought that was uh, one of the you know, sort of glitches that uh, the remake had brought to the party. but uh, It, it even might count for the time that I kept throwing grenades without realising I was throwing grenades because I course. kept saying, why am I throwing grenades? Of course, of course. <laughs> um, there not there a feature, some, something to do with um, library, where you're, are you like scanning objects in the style of yeah. Metroid Prime or something like that? Yeah, I was going to say, it's very reminiscent of Metroid Prime where mm-hmm. you have to say the word analyse to bring up like a different sort of visor, which reminds me of the, um, the Halo ODST visor. It sort of goes yep. blue over the top nice. of you. And then you, you highlight various things within the within the world, like a gun or an enemy, and then you say scan. And if that thing moves out of the crosshair very slightly, you have to say scan again, mm. and then scan again. It's not the best. So I, I think the general opinion is, because this is something they're, they're playing around with Connect on the Mass Effect series um, coming later in this year. Uh, I, I think it's, 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 there's nothing wrong with it being there, per se, because you can turn it on and off, and you can limit what you, what you want to use and what you don't want to use. But there would be an argument to say that most of that stuff you probably never will want to use. I, I think the bit the the command of throw grenade, um, Halo has a, 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 a well the throw grenade sex sections of Halo are brilliant, and but they're all reactionary. I think every time you have to think about saying throw grenade, and then there's that inherent delay on that. The moment's passed, uh, and you have to have the kind of the the, the pointer, the crosshair pointed in the right direction, and it's it's all two split seconds for that to to really work, but. Yeah. I think the scan features and and the um, yeah, uh, the you can say um, original uh, or classic and remastered and it changes it on the fly. I, I think that's probably the best use of it. Uh, but then again, you can just press the back button. Um, <laughs> Arguably less effort, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, but let's looks less talk cool. about let's <laughs> talk about the, uh, the 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 difference in the two versions and and the functionality of that because one one of the uh, slight issues with the classic to uh, or the, the, the repurposed to classic view is that there is a, a fairly lengthy pause which happens without the game stopping. Mm. Um, 
where, where the screen goes black, which functionally is not ideal. Obviously, this can be managed by simply not doing it in intense moments of, of fire. Um, the classic look is slightly better than the original game looks. It's slightly higher res and it's in widescreen, which the original wasn't. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, it does look like the original game. And I think, I think I've heard everyone say, so I don't know about you, Darren, but I've heard Carl say this. I know me and Tony did it. Even though the new version is prettier, we did all find ourselves, when checking back to the classic version, forgetting that we were playing the classic version for lengthy periods before going, oh, yeah, shit, this, this actually looks much better when I press the back button. Yeah, that definitely happened with me in the, um, the second level when you use the gravity lift to get inside the ship. That definitely mm. happened to me where I'd gone into classic mode, fought some hunters, and I was like, sure, this game looked a little bit better you know, a little while ago. And... um press the you know the back button to go back into the the remaster mode i was like oh there's the shiny stuff is that a testament to the quality of the original 10 year old graphics or the immersion of the game or is it a suggestion that the the 343 redrawn version isn't actually top notch i think that's dependent on the level to be honest uh, certain mm-hmm. levels have a different feel in the remastered version as, as opposed to the classic version uh, some levels yes. are very bright pink and blue and stuff in the remaster version and there's a, yeah, there's a definite um, quality difference in each I different I agree level. with that 100%. Carl, what do you reckon about this? I don't think you could put any slight on the work that 343 have done graphically. Uh, it's clearly a work of true love by the team who wanted to create a great-looking Halo game. But the original Halo is regarded as one of the most immersive games of all time, so I don't think anybody who sort of fails to remember to put it back into the remastered mode can ever be at fault because... The game moves so fast and so much is going on that it's easy enough to forget. I, I did it on Assault in the Control Room. Who Anybody mm. who knows Halo knows that that is the longest mm. level in the game. It's two hours long. And Spectacular I, I, level. I did the full, full two hours with the old graphics. Yeah, and it's, and it, and it, you know, obviously it doesn't look as good as a contemporary game, and that, that level is one that does look good. But I, I would argue that, some, like, as, as, as Darren says, some of, the, some of the redrawn levels definitely look better than others and definitely work better than others. For instance, the, the 343 Guilty Spark level is far too bright and pretty on the remake. It's far moodier. It actually damages the atmosphere on the yeah. remade version. It didn't well, actually have any fog, did it, in the, in the new drawn graphics? I know in the old style graphics when you're walking through the swamp it was highly fogged out mm. um obviously for tech uh, technical reasons but yeah it, it it's the old thing with silent hill games you wouldn't mm. want to lose that fog because that became so atmospheric in that specific level and the last level was another one that did it for me because i always remember the the, the last level the more being so graphically impressive on the old version and i remember looking at it and thinking this doesn't really look that good on the redrawn graphics, that was mm. definitely the, the lowest point. I think there's, there's a big issue we really need to tackle here because they could have just gone the, the what I'd class as standard HD re-release mold, which seems to be of, of late, which is the Ico Shadow of the Colossus or the Tomb Raider games. Um, you know, just up-res the textures, um, mm. make it a little bit more clearer. Um, and I, I must admit, I enjoy that. Um, I, I certainly enjoyed it in, in Ico and, and Shadow. Um, but then again, I could only imagine how gorgeous those games could look if they decided to push the boat out and actually spend a lot more time and money in and development um, to completely redraw anything. But it's a double-edged sword. One of them is that pause, which is annoying but is understandable because you are loading in a complete new um, palette set at that point. Um, 
two is it doesn't always fundamentally work for gameplay. Um, we found ourselves on two or three occasions, a Guilty Spark being a, a prime example, where the level was just too too populated with um, vegetation um, <clears throat> that we couldn't see the enemies. And you could argue, well, sure, I mean that's better for gameplay. Well, not really, because the gameplay itself was based around based around those first uh, our Halo itself, the original <clears throat> game. Um, and occasionally the game trips over itself with trying to make stuff look too impressive whilst it all being built on the original engine. Um, yeah. And sometimes... The, cloak, the cloaked enemies being a very obvious example. Yeah, well, yeah you can't near, see them at all. They're invisible mm. on, on the remake, but they're very visible. But, Somewhere in between the two might have been But nice. then it, it spreads beyond that. Um, because they've, they've you know, made these levels look that much more spectacular um, and the geometry has stayed the same, occasionally the AI, you know, not that there's too much AI scripting, but occasionally the AI gets stuck behind the scenery, which I don't really remember from the first one. We've had there's a lot of um, we've we've had a lot of uh, corpses getting stuck in the scenery mm-hmm. and making a horrendous racket that well, happened to me over and over again. And whole number of times we saw guns uh, being you know you'd kill a grunt and the gun would fly out you know from trajectory from a grenade or something and get stuck behind. Um, a wall which clearly there's a gap where they've been doing like the new versus old graphics yeah, and absolutely. just sit there for about the 10 minutes you're fighting within that area just making the horrendous racket where it's yeah. stuck in the scenery so yeah. I mean I, I appreciate all the effort they put into it um, but at the same time it, it's not entirely slick is no it? it's and not it, and it and it's not like as I say as I said in the, the in my preamble it's it's not like it would have been interesting if they'd been given free reign to do a an actual remake of the game from the ground up a la Resident Evil, yep. where they basically re-script it, redesign the levels, redesign the puzzles, because a lot of the criticisms that were leveled at Combat Evolved at the time are even more sort of obvious and abrasive now, such as the repetitiveness and the big wide open but rooms with low polygon counts and all that kind of thing. My, my question that I want to throw to you, I mean, we've got so much to talk about Halo anyway, but we might as well talk about handling a remake um, certainly in this Halo case, is how far should you go with this? Because this is, this is a, a reimagining of the first game, and you do wonder whether they were sitting there saying, well, do we add four-player co-op, or do we not? Um, mm. you know, Two-player works perfectly fine on there, but some of those levels, Silent Cartographer, for, a, for instance, is such a huge level that could easily work with four players with a couple of warthogs put in there. I mean, I argue some of the levels are, are the biggest levels you have been seen in the Halo universe. Um, I mean... They could have introduced um, dual wielding, which is a love-hate kind of thing, or they mm-hmm. could have certainly, to give it a more coherent structure in the whole series, they could have added, um, say, the battle rifle from DMR, the, Re- yeah. Yeah, the, the Reach games. I mean, the Reach was set prior to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so. they, they armor, could have taken it... powers, obviously, it was a, would have been a consideration so if they'd done a full remake. They could have taken it in a completely different direction as a remake. Um, mm. And I don't know whether that would have been better or worse but i mean i'd be interested to know you guys whether you whether you'd prefer to see full-blown reimagining or just a a kind of over-the-top skin with a few extra bits laid on top which you would get with this one i'm very much um satisfied with what we got now which is basically a nicer looking version of what i played uh 10 years ago um adding dmrs and you know all the jetpacks and the bubble you know the bubble shield from reach and stuff like that i think that would um somewhat break the balance of the game uh the gameplay and uh but I, think, I mean if if you redesigned it to incorporate that stuff from the start so that it, yeah yeah so that it was 
spirit like remained intact. Three, four, three industries take on Combat Evolved rather than the same game with a skin. I don't know. I quite like the way that it, while it was jarring at first to come back to Master Chief without all these add-ons and things that were in you know, other Halo games like dual wielding and hijacking vehicles and stuff. Mm. I kind of appreciate the fact that uh, you know, like Master Chief can't do it in Halo 1 because that's the way the game was made in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very much a fan of keeping things as they were. But, you know, uh, tweaking the, the minor details like the sound and the graphics. Carl? I'm not a massive traditionalist, but I am a fan of my own memories. And going back to the game that I knew I enjoyed a decade ago and played through with a friend and had all these incredible times and have that appear to be a different game, I wouldn't have enjoyed that. I like <laughs> the fact that they were brave enough to stick with the traditions of what that made that first game great back then and stick with it now. Uh, perhaps uh, the option would have been quite interesting. You know, perhaps, uh, obviously, the, you know, the original game in its original form is available on, still on uh, originals, mm-hmm. Xbox originals on demand for, what is it, like 800 points or something now? Seven pound, I guess. I don't know. Maybe a tenner. Um, and, it's, and it's there. You can play it. Um, so it's not like the original Halo is sort of one of those games that it's now difficult to actually find a machine to play it on whatever we all have the capability of turning on our xboxes and playing that exact game or be it with lower polygon uh well yeah with lower res polygons and lower res textures i mean and um and not in widescreen um but if the option was there on the disc obviously it would have been a totally different budget for the product and uh, and arguably whether arguable whether it would have been worth it given that it probably would have sold the exact same amount of copies to the exact same set of Halo fans as it did anyway, uh, regardless of the amount of effort they put into it. And of course, it would arguably upset those that wanted to play the traditional game. Yes. In a new style, yeah. anyway. I'm personally happy for them to leave all innovation, mm. anything that they want to change up, and just put that into Halo 4 and just remake what we've already experienced and make it nice. Yeah, fair enough. And it, and it, and it was a, obviously it was a mid-price release that they they could have uh, if they'd done a full remake maybe it would have been a full price purchase I don't know um, yeah. it's certainly odd at times to uh, remember you know sort of if if you've recently played Reach or or any of the later games really and you realise that there are certain things that you just can't do in the first Halo that that you expect to be able to do um, yeah whether it be hijacking or I think um, the ghost was, yeah yeah. Hijacking was definitely the biggest thing I think I missed. There were two or three times we were desperate to try to do it, just jumping on vehicles and come on, must be able to get in here somehow. Makes wraiths much scarier though, doesn't it? Because you you have to kill them, the mm-hmm. the, the enemy tanks, you know, and they they're still quite they're still quite mean, and they lock onto you. And on the higher levels, those uh, those blasts from the wraiths cannon really uh, really hurt. And the fact that you can't just run up to them and punch the elite out of it improves things so, some things actually that i really didn't mind and in fact i think add added more tension to the game was health packs As, i know it's a strange thing to say because halo mm. introduced um the re, well, pretty much introduced a regeneration uh, of shields mm. which was a complete gameplay changer for the industry thereafter because everyone seemed to have copied that idea and it, it was a great idea let's face it but the fact that when you did your shield did go down and you had this health bar Mm-hmm. And when it went down to just one uh, blip of health, and we found ourselves in that situation, I'm like, well, I, I can tackle it here and my shield will go down. But if it goes down, I have almost instant death. So I need to ser- either search for a, a health pack or uh, let you do some of the work so we can get ba- a, you know, a bit further forward. 
or die deliberately, which is which is funny. The failing of that system. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm. yeah. Only and obviously in they, they, they Yeah, true. true. Yeah, they they were braver in subsequent games once people once people had embraced the regenerating health. I mean, the whole industry embraced that innovation, um, and they got rid of the, the health packs, didn't they? So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of quaint, but I, yeah, I don't have a problem with it as such. Um, let's let's think about what made Halo so well received and so well loved back in the day, and. Um, see if those things, you know, still make the game worth playing now. So the things I remember, you know, I bought my Xbox to play Halo, as many people did. The fact that I could also get Dead or Alive 3 on it and Amped and Project Gotham were nice bonuses, but I bought my my machine to play Halo and I, I played it through multiple times in co-op split screen with different people and I was, you know, I, I really, really liked it. It was probably the best console first-person shooter since GoldenEye, almost certainly. And it was, be- you know, it was better than that in a lot of ways. It was the the things that made it stand out. It's, you know, no, I'm not being in any way clever by saying huge levels, uh, clever AI, uh, great balance of weapons, um, fantastic soundtrack. Do those things all, how do we feel it stands up in those areas, those, those sort of key Halo areas? Comparing Halo now as to ten years ago, from when I originally played it, mm. um, I can definitely, I definitely feel the same way as I did back then. Um, while it, you know, as we said earlier, it's a bit, it's a bit jarring and a bit sort of um, distracting to not be able to hijack a vehicle. I still really appreciate the, the seamless combat from land to to air, for example. There's a, mm. I don't think games since Halo have got it r- that. Oh, that that perfect that right um getting into a banshee and flying off and then just landing on the floor and fighting on the ground and jumping mm. into a warthog and stuff like that. i don't think there's been another game outside Maybe of the halo field i think crafts not, are a lot harder to fly in those games aren't yeah they? i think in a single player environment though i don't think mm. battlefield well, has done it at all it's, it's mm. an interesting one isn't it because i know talking with a number of people online you get the general feeling that a lot of the the criticism towards this this game, this game in particular, the anniversary one, is that it the gameplay itself doesn't stand up uh, the test of time. Um, I've I've got many problems with the Halo anniversary release. Mm. One of the the least of its issues, I think, is the gameplay. Um, mm. Strangely, I I I think we've kind of come nowhere in ten years. Sure, we've had slightly more complex um, situations to deal with. But if you take a, a level like the Science Cartographer, for instance, that is just a huge area, huge map. Um, if you were to uh, go into the console mode, uh, which I, I've seen people do the videos and, and come all the way up, you can just see it's one great big area and you're moving from sections to sections, but you never actually really leave the environment. Mm. And because of that, you're complete. And this is where the immersion comes in. You're completely yeah. immersed within there because you, you can go into a building and you exit out the other side and when you exit out you still feel like you're in the same piece of land that was you know behind you in that building and that building was built within the rock face um, and that continues out through most of the game the key points of why I still think it, it's great as well is sure I think um, shooting mechanics have, have been refined over time but also the, the basic mechanics of Halo which is throw grenades move in there shoot um, the AI jumping all over the place still reminisce with me as much as they did the first time I played it 10 years ago. There's still so much joy to be had from throwing a grenade into a, a group of grunts, watching it run off and into a separate group of grunts or elites and blow them up. 
Um, and I, I actually don't think few titles have got that right since this game, and that's 10 years ago. That never gets old uh, for me at all. Sticky grenades are still awesome. I think it's testament to the quality of the first game the re- and, uh, and the game that's featured in this remake is the fact that Reach came out uh, in 2010 and really isn't very different at all. It's, it's more like, it is more like a super version of Combat Evolved. It's, it's just an evolution. It's not, it's no revolution based on Combat Evolved. And yet, you know, it's really, really good. Reach is superb. It did incredibly well critically because people still love to play that, that fundamental formula. gameplay. Yeah. The AI is crucial. The environments are crucial. You know, after playing the god-awful single player of uh, Battlefield 3, like, this is just worlds apart in terms of it allows you to improvise. You, you have to come up with fluid strategies and tactics. It's not just stop and pop. It's not just a shooting gallery. You're still feeling like you're trying to outwit as well as outshoot the enemy. Um, the laughs you can have in co-op compared to, say, the Battlefield game, you know, which co-op makes everything better, absolutely. It's a, it's a cliche, but it's, it's, it's for a reason. Um, I, Jay and I had some fun playing Cult Battlefield 3 as as you two did on on 360 and but playing this even though and we you know it's the elephant in the room for Tony and I um the netcode at this point on this game is atrocious i mean it it's like um you remember when games first came out on XBLA uh, and they, they would re-release sort of classic arcade games for 400 Microsoft points. doesn't really happen much anymore. Um, and they would have online functionality. But if you actually tried to play those games over over a net, whether it be Gauntlet or something, by and large, they were unplayable due to the the way that the net code is run. Or I don't know, it was sort of, it's done, it was done with um, basically the, the host would be the, the home player would be the server kind of thing. And I know a lot of games do that, but, just badly programmed in that, it in that was, respect. It was yeah. badly But it was programmed. early days, so you understood. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, paying 400 points for an old coin op, and so you, you know, you didn't, you weren't necessarily that unforgiving about it. But to one of the, one of the sort of the new features of this, like you could play co-op back in the day on uh, System Link or uh, Split Screen, which you can still do those things in this remake, I believe. I even remember doing the tunneling thing where you'd hook it up to the PC and then actually tunnel it through your PC. Yeah, um, playing multiplayer and that with a group of very hardcore, dedicated Halo fans at the same time doing the same right. thing. Um, and it and it still works as a fantastic, even though it kind of breaks the story, um, having two Master Chiefs running around and all that. Who fucking cares? It's too much fun to care. Um, but this version, as it stands, and it's been out two to three months now, is almost unplayable. I mean, I say almost because we did manage to struggle through it. Well, um, we had we had one one and a half sessions where it was functional um but the rest of the time it was like pulling teeth you know we were talking we're talking about slideshows in particularly complex it, areas. it was it was really weird for us because you start to wonder whether it's your your internet connection or you know shall we stop and read and reload and it would be at times where that would work and you'd come back and yeah. you know one area would work fine changing and then, to classic view sometimes helps a little bit yes and but then we we found ourselves because uh, we were playing on a legendary we found ourselves running out of time late one evening and we just went oh let's come back to this level we're only halfway into it and mm. we redo it again um so we did that and we were playing away and almost at the exact same point going into the same section of the building yeah it where it hit the lag last time it hit it again exactly the same point now yeah. that's not my internet connection no. that's just bad net code something yeah. went on in the, in the background of that and it's such a shame because playing this single player it's smooth it's as smooth as it ever was if not more 
Hmm. Playing it in co-op, which should just be, you know, we've done it so many times on so many other, other versions of Halo. It's just a stuttery mess. And it it honestly, on, on sections, it ruined sections it for me and Leon. Because yeah. we were just so close to the end and we we're like, well, if we quit now, the game doesn't save in that kind of way. We're going to have to come back. Um, let's just push through. And, you know, what should have been smooth combat evolved ended up being slideshow evolved. And uh, disappointing. But... You can't really make excuses that the Halo franchise is old. Yes, it's a team who are picking up on this new stuff. Mm. Surely they have access to co-op netcode that Bungie developed. Uh, and if it was a rush, then it should have been, you know, spent more time working on it. I think that's because... one of the few slights that you could actually play against the game for using its old code. Because let's not forget from the ground up, they've, they've used the code from the 2002 release. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Or 2001 in, in the US. Yeah. Mm. And... If you were always going to go back and you know rig code to suddenly allow it to play online, you, you're going to hit these issues. Mm. But I mean, I, I know Tony stated that in ten years we've not gone anywhere from Halo One. Oh, I would actually have, argue that I'm in surprised. those ten years, other games have started to catch up. In Halo has evolved ever so slightly. On Reach mm. is the most polished of the lot. Bungie yeah. said they wanted to leave on a high note. They definitely did. Yeah, uh, but. From 1997's GoldenEye till 2001's Halo, there was a gulf in class, and it was almost a, it was almost too good that for so many years, games just couldn't match what Halo was doing. And as you said, on the you know so many fronts on the the weapon balancing, which is an incredibly important one for me. Mm. Uh, the the vehicle play the immediate pickup and play of, of of vehicles to any given situation, even the AI. I mean, you, you've got a ten year old game here that has AI, which is, I mean, you obviously alluded to it. It's actually better than the AI that's in Battlefield Three. It's it, better than the AI in like I was trying to think what first person shooter that I've played this gen has got better AI than Halo Combat Evolved, and thinking about some of the appalling experiences I've had with enemy AI in games, whether it be Far Cry 2 or um, Bulletstorm or uh, anything. Like, they, they, uh, Deus Ex, they all tend to be absolutely moronic, whereas in Halo on Legendary, and we should say that maybe some people who have come back to this and had a relatively ne- negative experience, Halo was never, ever at its best on easy or normal. It was only oh. ever a truly brilliant game on Heroic and Legendary. I think you said the same thing about Reach, didn't you? When you went through the Reach campaign in Solo, it becomes a completely different game. And yeah, it, every single Halo does well, have that same thing when enemies are diving for cover and they're throwing grenades behind cover and going wall to wall and... The ones that can go invisible are suddenly trying to flank you and they'll send the little grunts up first so that the elites can get round behind you. Mm. There are major, massive blockbuster titles that don't come close to anything as aggressive and as cunning as the AI that, that yeah. Halo did. But you know, the, the, the previous generation, it's, it's incredible accomplishment what they did back then. I think the reason why we're, we're so keen to say that people really should have a go on, on Heroic at the very least, because I remember playing Halo Legendary first time back on the original Xbox, and I didn't complete it. It was it was very hard. So it's like, still very, very and it's hard. It's still very hard. And I, um, But I, I think the, the reason we talk about that is if you just play this on easy, or if you play it a little bit on normal, I guess, 
that Halo does not flourish because you can just run through the center of it, killing people with one or two shots and moving through. That's not how that game was designed. It was designed around you flanking people. It was designed around you having to use the plasma pistol to take down the shield before uh, you have any impact on elites. If you play on easy, you just kill elites. There's no changing of weapons. But quickly, so I don't get myself thrown uh, to, the, to the walls and my gameplay hasn't moved on in 10 years. I think what I'm referring to is that Halo hit that point of when I remember picking up for the first time and being blown away by the scope and the awe of it. And you have to remember, we had seen nothing like that, certainly on the consoles. Um, and I feel that it could have gone to two separate directions. We could have still followed this path, the way that I talked about this huge map and you feel like you constantly explore it. Or we could have gone down the path, which we would now call the Call of Duty route, which is set map, set level, there's your corridor, you go down the corridor, and there you go, that's your next cutscene, we move on to the next area. And just in this case, over the last 10 years, I feel like we've chased that more cinematic, singular route down a path. Um, and it's great, and it's great fun, and it, and it looks spectacular. But the great thing about Halo, and it always has been the great thing about Halo, is that you make your own stories. The story's there in the background, and you can follow it. But the throwing of a singular plasma grenade that sticks to, say, a banshee in the middle of the sky, which blows up and then lands you know, on, on a group of elites in the background, is far more entertaining than, say, the Battlefield 3 story where I'm being told, just follow this small, narrow route. So I kind of feel like you know, we, we had the ability to take the industry in an interesting direction. And we squandered it in some respects for the, the more mm. kind of scripted experience. Yeah, I mean, some of the surprise has gone... So, I mean, when I say some of the surprise, I mean some of the surprise in those emergent unscripted moments because we've been experiencing those in Halo games for mm -hmm. a decade. So those exact amazing moments, I mean, they still make me grin like a twat and laugh out loud. You know, the amount of times it was, you know, the exper our experience of playing Halo co-op online with the netcode was a sort of combination of frustrated swearing and then, and then a few seconds later, we'd be laughing our heads off because, you know, we'd stuck an elite on the nose or something and he mm -hmm. ran into a room full of flood and everyone went flying. Um, but, yeah, by, by the very nature of the fact that the, the fundamentals of Halo are 10 years old, we've seen a lot of these moments over and over again. And so while I say they never get old, I suppose, you know, the absolute – that the first time you played Halo through all those moments were truly extraordinary. You know, as much as we'd all enjoyed Goldeneye and the fact that enemies reacted to being shot in certain parts of the body and stuff like that, we'd not seen anything like this. And we have now not only seen it before, but we've seen it before for 10 years. So while it's still great, I suppose the shine is very slightly diminished. Yeah. I, excuse me. I'd liken um, the Halo single player to what people refer to battlefield moments in battlefield multiplayer. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it, there's a lot of times in Halo single player where I'm I'm escaping a wraith that's firing its blue energy shells or bolts at me, mm. and then I'll get to my my destination and where the checkpoint or the marker is like leading me to, and all of a sudden this elite in a banshee would like literally fly into me. It's very similar <laughs> to what would happen in battlefield multiplayer. Mm. So I think Halo moments are just as uh, important and you know fun as battlefield moments are in the multiplayer there's a, there's a lot of comparison there um i speaking of the ai in um in halo i mm. i get very nostalgic obviously this game is a fan service nostalgia piece but i've never been nostalgic over checkpoints before as i was with this game i'd run <laughs> down a corridor and go oh yeah i've had so much trouble getting past <laughs> these two elites i remember getting the satisfaction from this checkpoint and it's happened again here and 
that proves to me that the AI in Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary is just, I don't know if it's better than it's ever been before, but I just it's still just as satisfying as taking a shield down and then popping them off with the, the regular pistol. I think it's, it's absolutely identical, um, code for code, as far as I'm aware. Um, they, as I say, they did, they did tweak a few things, didn't they? Like the, the number of grenades you can hold has been increased. Yeah. Um, is there, like, there was talk of remix levels, but I didn't notice any of that at all. And I've played through most of the levels multiple times now. Like The library is still very long. The library still has the same number of rooms as far as I could work out. Um, and you know that like famously halo was always inconsistent uh in terms of quality of levels like it always had the silent cartographer and assault on the control room but like the pillar of autumn isn't a um, an amazing level it's quite repetitive it's quite restrictive well um some people absolutely detest the library i never hated it i never had a problem with the flood because i like the way it mixes up the gameplay um, obviously, it completely throws out the window all the stuff we've just said about the quality of AI. However, after one level of just the Flood on their own, pretty much, you have Flood and Covenant fighting each other, and you join in, and then you get Sentinels as well, the, uh, the, the, the enemy robots. And then you've got even more complex and interesting strategic situations. So while individual Flood are perhaps not that exciting, they are quite creepy and persistent. And of course, there is there is a great technical sort of element to how you battle the flood, because as you might expect, they come at you en masse. But there's, there's always specific sort of techniques to lowering the rush of enemies. Like you, you mm. shoot the you shoot the exploding ones to yeah. scatter the the combat ready flood to the ground, and yeah. then you mm. pick off the little ones with a shotgun blast, and you throw a grenade in whilst the other ones are down, and you can slow down that onslaught, and yeah. it never feels like other games where you are just... I'm going to reference Call of Duty 4, which everyone knows you get the wave after wave of enemy, and you're throwing grenades back. There was you never, trigger a point. Mm. There was never any way to sort of lessen that, and it lost its impact in... In Halo, you're always aware, especially considering the flood is so much quicker than you are, and I, you're constantly checking around and jumping behind you and trying to get to you know higher levels so that you can shoot down on them and then jump away and 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 outmaneuver them. And hmm. for that reason, I was always quite a fan of the library. Well, and I would it, argue it was nice for me to go back to that one. That they they achieved that of of ruining the flood when they did the Cortana level on Halo Three. Which was a horrendous level. Uh, sphincter so, level. The sphincter, yeah. yes. The, the going down in the anal passage, as I used to always refer to it. It was horrendous because it was just too much flood, too much in their environment, and it was it wasn't actually fun to play. Yeah, I mean, um, so we you can go too far with it. I think that is regarded as the worst Halo level. <laughs> I think, of I all think that's probably justified. <laughs> possibly fair. Um, I think it's worth remembering that um, at the time when Halo Two came out, uh, the campaign was by and large, considered well inferior to that of Combat Evolved, the first game, for, for a number of reasons. And even Halo 3s was not that warmly received in, in some ways. Um, so, it, you know, even and, and Halo 3 is obviously a current-gen game, um, whereas Combat Evolved was at the time greeted with pretty much, you know, universal praise, other than, yeah, the, the, the repetitive kill rooms. But the point was that they didn't necessarily always, they didn't feel that repetitive because the the number and the quant you know the types of enemies you would fight in each room would be different which would make each fight very different well, i think going through those rooms now those those sort of endless corridors 
um, and then out onto the bridge and da da da. I think it's more noticeable now. It feels more like padding in 2011 stroke 12 than it did back then. And then it just felt epic. Um, but it, you know, in a way, again, I don't have a problem with the idea that these structures have similar looking architecture that that repeats. Well, mm. I mean, this was a studio that were, that promoted 30 seconds of fun repeated over and over again, mm. um, which is a pretty cliche title now because you know, everything seemed to be following it. Um, but it is definitely more noticeable now. If you to if you were to examine Halo uh, Anniversary comparatively to other games that have come out since, there is a lot of padding. Um, not just in the library level. The library level is just the, uh, the the pinnacle of the padding of that because it's not necessarily that the level is long. Um, every corridor looks the same, and yeah. you can really only judge where you've been by if there's red dots on your radar. Knowing that there's people a huge, are, yeah, there's a huge there's, lack of assets. They've actually literally added signposting. They have, yeah. literal, literal <laughs> yeah. signposting. They've skinned Glory arrows onto on the, the floor. floor. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I think if you if you know for much as my saying, I I, I feel like you know, it's got some epic levels. It does have certainly a lot of the inside interior levels do feel. Over, overly padded um, but then it, the game was always more about the well about the, the combat evolved and it, it still sticks to that and I, I don't understand the uh, the few people that have been saying no actually it doesn't feel it feels too dated in that respect but I think that's that's the least of its problem the most mm. impacting thing I felt going back to this game is everybody and I literally mean everybody who went back to Anniversary wanted to play the silent cartographer. They wanted to see mm-hmm. how it held up, how it looked. Uh, and I think it's still regarded by many as perhaps, if not the, well, certainly one of the greatest single-player levels of all time. But on something like Assault on the Control Room, which is an even bigger level, is I found the, the section where you, you battle your way up and come back out on the bridge, as Leon just mentioned, and you've got the glass plates on the floor and you look down mm. and you've seen the area that you've just been at, been at and you, the, the wraiths that the are dead are still down there. And and I found myself thinking, how were they doing this 10 years ago? There are games that don't do this now. Mm-hmm. And it's like I was there 30 minutes ago battling my way through there and now I'm up here and now I am looking down on there and I am still in that same place. Yeah, and it's it's true because even in uh, Reach, as good as it is, a lot of those off in the distance moments are kind of, um, you know, they're kind of painted on, aren't they? They're not they're not genuinely where you've been or where you're going. Yeah, there's there's a lot of kind of AI fights going off in the distance. It's very cool. It's a cool effect. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, that particularly that level, sort of the control room, is you you know with with no um, obvious loading. It, you 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 cover an enormous amount of ground, and from a gameplay point of view, if you think about all the different firefights you have over the course of the game, they're over a lot of different environments. Um, most of, there's there's probably a slight lack of vertical combat, although some rooms have it. Um, but in terms of you know enclosed spaces or places with organic layouts, some places with uh, man-made layouts, um, it really does with in combine in combination with that clever AI, especially on Heroic and Legendary, it doesn't feel as repetitive as it should do. And again, I think a lot of a lot of people who criticise the Halo games or this one in particular for being repetitive or dull generally have probably not tried it on those higher difficulty settings. What, what do you guys feel about the story? 
um, it's hard not to to talk about Halo and its expanded universe at this point because it's been in our faces for this entire you know ten years. Um, what we've had three, four games, including the RTS, since then. So more than that, and novels. Yes, yeah, so we, we've been force fed this this greater universe. But when Halo first hit, um, the idea of Space Marines weren't quite as worn out <laughs> as it has become now. It wasn't it quite was as cliche. It was only fifteen years after Aliens at this point, and uh, all those lines from Aliens still stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, mm. and I know uh, the the. One line dialogue of the of the marines and even the grunts tend to annoy some people at this point. I find it charming, but as as overall, I, I coming back to it, even with the knowledge of playing all this other stuff in the expanded universe, I actually found the story really fascinating and interesting. More so because putting it in a, in a slightly less delicate way, it hadn't disappeared up its own ass at this point. <laughs> Um, it was kind of, it just felt more natural, more, well, what is this place and what the hell is a halo and why is it a ring and why have I landed on the ring and why has it got trees and water and, and this environment? And you were kind of rediscovering, um, for anybody that I think it is playing this now and you have to unfortunately play it in, um, the, the, the remastered look, the terminals really do actually expand on this universe. Uh, the, the general practice or the general explanation, what they, what they give is that you learn about the history of the 343 uh, Guilty Spark, isn't he? Um, about how he's actually been on this, this halo for, or guarding it for the Sentinels for the last 100,000 years. And with that, he, he's turned more from, from a robot, so I guess sent more into a, a human AI. Uh, the growing feelings for, for this, this world that he's, he's holding and inhabiting, trying to stop the flood. When it all kicks off, um, you also get to see the death of um, Captain Keys, which you see in the actual game of him strung up to the wall, which is kind of weird. He looks like a blob in, in the, uh, the classic version, but in the remastered version, you can actually see him kind of in there in, in an alien type of style. But um, the actual comic, because they kind of do like animated comic strip in, in the terminals, show him fighting off this this parasite trying to dig deeper into his mind for the location of earth and it actually resonated with me a lot more than i i really remember the original halo doing so i I I think it holds up now Hmm. Uh, with with the story i still i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna show myself up here as a quite a simpleton but i don't i don't really understand the story in the overarching sort of you know the minute details of it i understand that you know this thing's bad and these people are bad and you've got to fight them. But I've, even back then and even now, I still find the Halo story to be a little bit too overcomplicated on the surface. It's like, I just, I, I really, I, I honestly don't understand the minute details okay, well, the, of Halo. The flood and then, are killing everybody. The Halos are built to yeah. keep, kill the flood. Uh, <laughs> a single Halo can take, I, I believe, 25,000 light years, um, kill of all, all organic life forms. So the, the, the flood need to feed on on organic life all to survive and they will destroy the universe so the halo um well there's there was 12 rings wasn't there and uh few were destroyed there's seven remaining and the whole series is based around getting all those seven rings up and running that's what's the idea of the of who was it carl it's the i want to say the sentinels what the forerunners the forerunners that's it um uh, and the idea is that if all seven rings uh, activate at once it would destroy all life form as we know it. The Covenant are hugely confused because they're religious and so they think that 
the halos have some tremendous spiritual significance mm-hmm. when in fact it'll just wipe everything out. And, they, and then there's the grave mine which no one understands. Yeah, they activate the the issues with the flood on the planet and the forerunners have created the halo uh you know, the setup of halos as a as a weapon to counter them, but the forerunners were actually a peaceful, tech, technologically advanced race that have mm-hmm. created these. And you sort of stumble somewhere in the middle and Guilty Spark is there and he, he he looks after stuff and he's lost contact with all the other sparks and the other halos, but he knows that his mission is to maintain the information or destroy it to take out the uh, the flood. And he has obviously no sort of feelings at all towards Chief. And at one point you led, you led through to go and essentially detonate the halo sequencing and take out all sentient life in, in the galaxy until Cortana stops it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chief doesn't know basically what's going on. He's trusting the spark and uh, and eventually Cortana twigs. Um, from my point of view, I th- like I, I was quite charmed by the initial story. It, it's got this weird juxtaposition of seriousness and humour. With mm-hmm. you know, the, this is back when the uh, in fact it's only Reach that did it differently, isn't it? The the enemies speak English, um, or the grunts do anyway. The the elites sort of uh, have a sort of garbled. Um, Elite-esque. Yeah. Elite-ish. Um, but, <laughs> what, 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 and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've never got, I've, I've always, even though it's kind of ridiculous, um, and I think it does put a lot of people off that and the, the guns that fire purple blades and all that. I love all that. I think it's cool. Why, you know, I, I, I think people who perhaps feel warm, more warmly towards, you know, uh, sort of pseudo Middle East gritty urban combat battlegrounds with bullets and, you know, I can I can get into all that stuff to a point. Um, may like this, but playing Halo for me is like when I, you know. Obviously, I was a, a, a Star Wars kid, um, not like the one off the internet. Well, not much. Um, mm. I used to whenever I used to go out in the country with my mum, like that. Whatever environment I was in would become a planet I was on. You know, and I'd be running around fighting aliens and whatever. And Halo evokes that for me. It's like. Yeah, going to an alien world and yeah, shooting aliens with laser guns. Like I'm, I like all that stuff. If you if you absolutely can't stand the idea that this particular race, for whatever reason, use a lot of purple metal, then um, yeah, it it does seem to put people off. But there's a charm to it. I, too yeah. many too too many games are far too serious now. And um, coming back to this and and hearing the the um, grunt shout. He's here, and the demon, it, and because as far as they they're concerned, that you're you know you're this alien race, and they're the <laughs> they're the good guys, and they're trying to you know achieve something of their own. Yeah, the Spartans um, are like boogeymen to grunts, basically. Mm-hmm. Aren't they? They're like sort of yeah, yeah. Halo's got its own personality in that regard, hasn't it? Like everything's like colourful and bright, and you know the, the little guys say funny stuff. Uh, that. that I know I've spoken to a lot of people, you know, at work and stuff, but they don't necessarily like that because, no. you know, it's not their style of game. But to me, that's like, Halo's got its own personality. And every time you enter a Halo world or universe, you, you're expecting this, this definite vibe that Halo gives off that no other game has matched, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think they totally lost their way with even the second game was starting to go pear shaped with the, um, I can't even remember what they were called, those annoying. The Brutes. Brutes. Uh, well, the brutes, yeah, the brutes. Although they were kind of um, brought back somewhat later on in the series, but to being a, a fun enemy to fight, um, 
they weren't at first. I'm thinking more of the what were the sort of bosses called the sort of spiritual leader characters. Um, oh, in, the, in their floating chairs. Yeah, and stuff the, like that. the guys yeah. in their floating chairs, and there was the grave mind and and the brutes and um, the, the levels where you played as an elite, which you know you could see probably in brainstorming sessions that seemed like an interesting idea, but actually nobody well, wanted I, to do it. I can <laughs> tell you from this Master one, Chief. when I went to pick up the sword in, in Halo and couldn't do it, I was yeah. oh, oh. no, I want the yeah. sword. How dare you take that away from me? It was a brilliant weapon. But, but I think in isolation, like I, I enjoyed Reach uh, as it as it tells the the the, uh, the the prequel story effectively, and it's a lot it's a lot less kind of um, L. Ron Hubbard than the later episodes of the the uh, uh, well two and three, basically. Um, I think this one in isolation does does keep a charm, and it is like as Darren says, it's very much its own thing, like. It's so I, I get so dispirited when, although you know, I can still enjoy a, a an as I say an army based shooter or whatever. So dispiriting when, like, I started to play the uh, the, the Medal of Honor reboot the other year, and it was just I was just so bored of that setup. The you know the the one that echoes modern conflicts. It's just it's dull and it's unimaginative. It's so easy to and become it's quite nasty. It really yeah. is. Yeah, and obviously Halo has been going a long time now, but. Yeah, I still this this game game still makes me laugh. And Cortana's a really likable character as well, which is which is crucial because you hear her talk more than anyone else, apart from maybe the grunts. I think it's really hard to do alien enemies and keep them interesting. One of my favourite games of all time, Perfect Dark. Oh, Elvis! Uh, Hello. Yeah, Elvis and the Skedar and stuff. It, that's completely. That, that, that's not right. That's not how you do an alien race oh, in a. In a, yeah. in a oh, oh they were just terrible. But Halo does it so right, and whether it's because they sort of resemble like the elites anyway, sort of resemble a human form. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why they get away with it. But I don't understand. I don't. You know, I don't understand how Bungie at the time developed an alien race that seems so likable to kill. If you know what I mean. Oh. <laughs> the, the the alien race became likable to fight because the combat was so good. There was every enemy has a certain. You know, theory of attack behind it. From, you know, I remember the first time I ever played through Halo, I ignored the needler because I thought it was weak, and I ignored the pistol because it's a oh. it, it's a pistol. <laughs> and then I went through and played it again, and I realised that the the two weapons that I'd actually ignored were probably the two most useful weapons in the game. And and then obviously, obviously, you can see the evolution of how good the combat got to to reach where it's, in my opinion. Second to none. No games matched that balance of weapon combat to reach. But Halo 1 has it with its plasma pistols, and you think, oh, what's this? And then you realize you can drop shields, and you know, then you pop the headshots, and you can sneak behind them, and you've got the melee kill, which is instant, and you've, you've got instant headshots on the grunts with a pistol. And they've all got their weaknesses as well, of course. Exactly, and, and, and that is why they're fun to fight. This was uh, this was at a point where you could uh, generally, you know, post Doom, um, you could hold the entire arsenal of a game at any point. This was this was again, it's worth remembering. This was a bit of an innovation that, to some, probably seemed like a backward step. It's like, whoa, shit! Why can't you know? I'm a I'm a genetically engineered eight foot tall super soldier. Why can I only hold two guns? Well, because it makes the game better. Like being able to hold the pistol, the shotgun, the super shotgun. The assault cannon, the laser rifle, the hmm. rocket launcher, and the BFG—you know—it it worked for Doom in 1993. But it's actually more interesting to have to, you know, scour around for weapons it, and work out their pros and cons. And it was a game changer, definitely. 
because how many games have replicated the things that Halo have done now from the regenerating shield, the the, the mm. combat with the weapons? It, I don't think it necessarily gets them? the credit it deserves. Mm. Yeah, I mean, prime example of that is um, Duke Nukem. I hate to say it nowadays, but Duke Nukem has gone from a game where you have all the weapons against the aliens to having just two now, and even th- that was a surprise to me to see Did a, they a do game. That? Let's see, that yeah, seems absolute forever. bollocks to me. For, well, like, I, yeah. know, I know Duke Nukem Forever is absolute bollocks, but yeah. that's just absurd because the whole point of Duke Nukem and, and Serious Sam, which aped it, is the fact that you're an idiot, boneheaded, yeah. comic book su- super soldier who can carry all the weapons didn't, at once. Didn't they patch that one out on the PC version? They released a patch because so I many think people on the PC that... so they patched it in the PC version. <laughs> yeah, they, the they were talking about it. Yeah, yeah they okay. were definitely talking it, about it. It actually led us into some interesting scenarios because when you, you've got the, say, the assault rifle and you really need a plasma pistol to take down the shield and all you've got is your assault rifle and, and maybe an empty shotgun. Uh, and you're trying to take down this elite. You know, some of the uh, the red elites in this in particular are, are mm. very, very tricky. You can spend about five minutes just trying to, to get through this red elite, where if you had the right combinations of weapons, it, it's a you know it's a 20-second uh, scenarios. But you would actually find, that we did this a number of times, we'd backtrack in the level where exactly you could actually pick up a plasma rifle because it, yeah. it's, it, it was that's the way you take down this enemy. Backtracking um, for equipment it's great is, game is a crucial part of the legendary experience. Yeah. Also, we we certainly shouldn't miss this. Is is um, the score? Uh, yeah. As much as Halo hits it out of the park when it comes to <laughs> the combat and and everything else, you know, we we talk more about you know whether it's dated or not a, a little bit towards the end of the show, I think. But Martin O'Donnell's score is still fantastic. It you have to wonder how the developer of so it was Myth at this point, wasn't it? Um, what else had they done previously to that? Anyone know their their bungee law previously? Oh, was it marathon? Did oh, they do marathon? marathon? Of course, yeah, they did mm-hmm. the marathon shooters, which were incredibly well considered if you had a Mac, but nobody else kind of knew about them. So, um, yeah, you, you have Bungie as a developer coming from that, and you know, as as we all know, it was an RTS title at the very start of its life, and and Steve Jobs actually signed them up and said, "Let create this for the Mac and want to show off the graphical prowess of our new system." It's mid to late um, 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 1999, I think, uh, then when they were all very much in the, in the Apple camp. Um, and there was, I, I think that's when uh, Microsoft saw it as, as a product. And, and then they changed it into this weird 3D, uh, yeah, like a 3D space combat thing. And eventually it re-hit E3 2001 as, as this first-person shooter and was kind of regarded as, oh, it's okay. <laughs> which is amazing to think now um, because yeah, the first only... time it, they actually showed it it actually broke the computer that it was running on mm. so they couldn't well, show anything and it had the what was it the famous line imagine a big green space marine shooting some purple aliens that's cool right <laughs> that's well, how it was five, described five months <laughs> down the line it was it was you know obviously their flagship title and it, it sold millions of xbox it did sell millions of xboxes the point i'm kind of making is how do you go from there to this rather complex combat, I wouldn't say simulator, but rather complex c- combat game with these huge environments? Uh, maybe that come from the RTS legacy where you need all these big environments anyway. Um, and this weird monk chant type score, which hasn't, hasn't really been replicated since. Maybe it's because Halo put its own stamp on it. This great big orchestral monk charting score. Which still to this day, if you hear it, even to people that probably don't play games, they go, that's Halo. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and a, it's, 
and it's the so main... warm and so cuddly and so <laughs> I, I don't know it just it it brings that kind of palpitation to your heart when you listen to it oh that's halo it's a goosebump making scar mm. for sure yeah, it's up there with the uh, with the, uh, the the Metal Gear Solid Two opening music as as sort of one of the great epic pieces. Um, and there, there's some great um, sort of incidental work in there for atmospheres as well. So some of the levels that wouldn't be um, as atmospheric as they are, or as creepy or whatever, just little musical stings for the flood and things like that. Superb. But the main theme is is still extraordinary. Um, there's as well as the, the obviously it opens with the with the you know, Gregorian monk chanting or whatever it is. Um, but then it's got all that, as well as having massive percussion, it's also got all that interplay with cellos and violins, which actually sounds almost folksy, um, which sort of lends the idea of this ancient race of forerunners. Um, it sort of tells a lot of the story, the, the soundtrack, and that that's what's key. It's not just another big, epic, bombastic theme. Mm-hmm. It's actually... It's actually sort of seems to tie, you know, it's like it was composed with the themes of of the game in mind. And this version, they've rescored it. Basically, it's exactly the same music by and large, but it's been reorchestrated. I, and I think mostly it's a success. I don't know. I, I I said to you this uh, on the time of playing it that I kind of felt that it's it was just a bit too clean. It's a bit too fancy, isn't it? It's, it's a bit it's a bit too glossy sounding. It, yeah. Because essentially you are still playing Halo underneath all the gloss. Um it it just it didn't feel quite as deep and warm. Um because I mean even with the remastered version it you know it it has a little bit of fuzz around it. Um, yeah. It's not you know the greatest looking thing in, in the world. Yeah, it should so. be said you can switch back to the original soundtrack. Yeah, and I did, I did that, so. and it it just felt a little bit more kind of warm and homely. Um, mm-hmm. Although you know, I'm, I'm sure if I was to switch had had that soundtrack on on Halo Reach, for instance, it probably would feel completely out of place. It would be interesting to know if somebody was playing Halo for the first time in this version whether they would love the re, re-scored score and um, think that the original sounded a bit muffly and underplayed. Um, what do you go, uh, Darren and Carl? What were your feelings on the rescored score? Uh, personally, I, I'm, I wasn't bothered by it uh, as much as other games. I know the recent Star Fox um, or Lilac Wars game has, has remastered their music and it sounded a lot worse than what I feel Halo uh, Anniversary has <laughs> mm, done. Oh, really? Um, uh, it didn't bother me at all. And I was just. It, Halo's music as a whole is, is something that adds to the personality, as I mentioned earlier. And. As Tony said earlier, like when you hear the the drums of the Halo tune and then the, the sort of like the violins doing their thing, it's um it's one of a kind and you can't beat it. And even when the music's not playing and you've got the the ambient noises of the branches flying over you and certain uh, key like mm. sound sound effects stuff in the background, they really add to the sound world. Sound effects and- are amazing. Um, yeah, I think I mean I, I think I love the sound in the Half Life game slightly more, but I think Halo is is similarly iconic a lot of the sound effects the shield going back up the drop ships various noises in the game i was watching a comparison video of of weapon noises and grenade sounds and melee sounds and they have beefed them up exponentially i like like the new sound effects i think they are Mm. genuinely an improvement but the score yeah i also have mixed feelings about because although it's it sounds very nice as you say it's perhaps it's perhaps a bit too overproduced a bit too glossy little bit too many flourishes of things. Carl, what did, how did you find it? No, you're going to buy it so we can use some on the show. <laughs> yes, well, I, I do have all the Halo albums anyway. Um, yeah. And anybody who wants to listen to one, you cannot beat the main theme from Halo 3. That, that's just, that is the best music theme of that's all time. That's on the piano. Yeah, and it um, hits 5-1 yeah. coming through. But 
I didn't actually know that they'd remastered the score in this one, and it was about seven or eight seconds into the main loading menu, and it mm. it, it sort of had a new riff on the guitar, and straight away I knew that the, this was different. Yeah. But it, it's the way, you know, people have said it, it's, it's the way that the soundtrack's used in the Halo games. In this one, there are times when, say, you, you know, the library's a long level, uh, Guilty Spark's a long level, and you can sort of become a bit sort of tired and weary playing the level, and then all of a sudden the music will kick in, and you sit back up in your seat and you think, I am an absolute human badass, and then you, you start taking them all out again, and then it'll change up again, and it pushes you through the game. And it does that so, so well that... You've, that music comes in and feels so natural to the experience of the game, and you know you said it tells the story, and that is so true. Um, well, it, it's incredible. There are bits where you're crossing the bridge, and it's so quiet, and you get almost like in the strange way, like '80s music, like risky business style sound to yeah. it, and you can pinpoint tracks off the album and immediately it will put you in a place in the Halo universe. It, it's funny, isn't it? Because uh, I remember something like the Kasana Cartographer where you get into the, the Warthog and you got the da-da-da-da. Yeah. da And I, I've taken that for the rest of my life. I've done that in a car. I've done that in multiple <laughs> vehicles, in other games, uh, certainly if you're playing in co-op. Because it, it's just it's similar, uh, synonymous with the, the driving of a Warthog or driving of I a think, vehicle. Um... Yeah, it was really telling when uh, I played through ODST in co-op with uh, Alex Shaw, uh, formerly of Digital Cowboys. You may have heard of him, Tony. Um, <laughs> and uh, I so. we uh, we were both saying like the, the the soundtrack to ODST, and that's you know it's an interesting game in its own right because it's a sort of guide in and has its own sort mm-hmm. of reason for existing. But the soundtrack in that is totally different to all the other games. Jazz. Um, it's yeah, it's got some saxophone. It's very sort of um, Vangelis Blade Runnery sort of influence and stuff, but we were both yearning when we got into our first vehicle, like, come on, where's the theme? Where's the main theme? You know, it's got to play. And um, I came to the conclusion that I, I'm, I'm going to assume that it has to be at least a Spartan or if not the Master Chief to have that music because it's their theme. You know, it can't just, it can't just be for any old, you know, Nathan Fillion type dude or whatever. Very large question, and one I don't think any, you know, we're not one for speculating really on the show anyway, but where do you think Microsoft would be if this game hadn't hit their console as in it, it did? Because in, in my theory, and I know that if you've been listening to this, you're kind of like, oh, blinking Halo fanboys, boo, because there's, there's so much legacy with Halo. <laughs> and, like that's probably switched off. Well, now, probably, so but worry. then, <laughs> but do you know, that it, unfortunately Halo is... It's become something that a lot of people have, have grown to hate because of what it necessarily represents as Microsoft, maybe. Um, I'm not one of those people, but Halo sold the original Xbox. If, if you look at the follow-up games, there were some great games in that system. But in one go, I mean, I remember being a PlayStation um, owner and I, I looked at the, the introduction of the Xbox with some sort of disdain because how could this, you know, how could Microsoft come into this gaming business when, you know, you've got these old players that are doing just fine and we don't need you there. Mm. Um, and I brought a, an Xbox on the back of seeing Halo being played and, and reading yeah. the reviews. I remember the, the 10 out of 10 in Edge when that really mm. meant something and being, wow, okay, yeah. um, a 10 for this new console. And I brought a machine on based on that. And as you say, there's a one-to-one attach ratio for a, a very long time. It went on to sell 
over 5 million copies, which, you know, that was when games didn't tend to <laughs> tend to do those kind of numbers. No. So take that out of the equation. Do we still think that, you know, Microsoft will be, you know, kicking it with the big boys at this point? Um, because what they managed to achieve, which I think even Sony had, hasn't even quite ma- managed to work out, or maybe it has with Nathan Drake, they managed to find a mascot on a, a launch game was with Master Chief. That was the mascot. It, it, it kind of, it pigeonholed Microsoft into this hardcore first-person shooter console for the first maybe three to four years of its life span, maybe a bit longer, mm. which they've worked. It seems to be just constantly trying to work to, to shed that image now. But, you know, this one Space Marine managed to kind of form, uh, set the foundation of uh, their, their console generation for, for many years to come. So take Halo out of the equation, the significance of Halo 1. What do you reckon? Where's Microsoft now? I don't think the machine would have ever came out until Halo was ready to come out. If you know what I mean, I know you said you know take Halo entirely out, out of the equation, but I I think that machine was was designed for Halo in mind. I really do. And uh, the controller uh, certainly was, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Yeah, the, the yeah, Duke I was actually based around that. Which is why it was yeah. so ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it but it worked for for Halo, if nothing else. Um, yeah, I, it's again, it's a kind of imponderable in the in mm-hmm. sense that you you just don't know. I think, you know, Darren's right. And I, I think they knew that they had to launch this new console with some kind of killer app, as they used to say, um, something that would attract people in the way that a Mario game used to sell Nintendo, or still does sell Nintendo consoles. Um, it's, yeah, it's really hard to know whether they would have teamed up with somebody else to come up with something, you know, similar or completely different you know maybe maybe if they'd embraced um call of duty way back then i mean i know there were sort of call of duty spin-offs on the xbox one but perhaps that could have been you know that well in fact the first game didn't even come out to 2003 did it so that's no good um yeah who knows well they knew they needed a big game and that originally wasn't going to be halo uh their big game their jewel in the crown was uh oddworld much Odyssey. They paid a massive fee to buy it yeah. and get it onto their system. And mm. it was only in what the three was it about three it was about three or four months, wasn't it, between major showing to, to selling of the Xbox after E3. And mm-hmm. it was only in that time they realized that the demand was actually more for Halo. And it, it mm. again it was the first game to be released with the mature tag on Xbox and and it came that way, but their original plan was for their mascot yeah. to be Munch from Oddworld. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, the Oddworld games did really well on PlayStation 1 and, uh, you know, they still have, there's a lot of fondness for them. Um, but obviously in the end, like the final Oddworld game for the original Xbox tanked, basically, even though it's brilliant. Um, mm. We're doing a show on it soon. Um, and yet the idea that you could sell a console off the back of the Oddworld franchise seems absolutely ludicrous. Or Blinks. <laughs> or cameos. <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah. Perfect dark. Uh, next gen. Yeah. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Yeah. We don't talk about that game. <laughs> okay. Well, um, obviously, we want to start wrapping this up. Um, we yeah. haven't talked about multiplayer at all. Which oh, I didn't think we were going to kind of go well, there because it's well, although no. you get some maps, it's just reach maps, isn't it? It's classic. See, I, th- I think they missed a trick on this um, because what they've done, they, they've taken. A number of the Halo maps, isn't it? Seven in the end. Seven. Um, 
six uh, original Halo maps and they've remade them into Reach type multiplayer and you can actually download them on Reach. You don't even need Halo Anniversary. Um, You can just download it and and there they are. But I do long for, even if it was just in in the old original map type thing and and just give me land. I I didn't necessarily need Xbox Live Play. I just needed the the kind of set that was on that original game. It, It couldn't have been that hard and as broken as it was and the pistol was so overpowered um, I think it would have been interesting. Um, and they should even, have done classic weapons playlists if if they don't. Which they they I, do I in Reach. Yeah, they do in okay. Reach. Yeah, you okay. can get the super-powered pistol in Reach no, and, on cool. the anniversary but, get, uh, maps, yeah. But because it's in the Reach engine, it, it, does, it doesn't feel right. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't. It feels like Reach with, um, you know, with you know, old, old strokes. Which is not maps. a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but I I can't imagine it was going to be that much more time and effort to either just put those maps and not really do anything with them, or or do this treatment as an overlay and you could play them. And yes, it, it would have split the user base, but the kind of people that buy in Halo Anniversary, I think, would have got somewhat of a kick out of that. And maybe mm. they could have done well. You can also play this on Reach, but it, it does feel like it's a little bit of a rush. They could have just done what they did with ODST and stuck a multiplayer disc in and put everybody into the Halo Reach multiplayer, like yeah, they did I, with I was, Halo 3. I was almost expecting to see a second disc in the, the anniversary box for exactly that reason. I was sort of surprised when it, it didn't work that well, way. But I, I, I have many hundreds of hours of, of, you know, we've talked about this story fondly of, you know, free floor um, LAN parties where, you know, we were all mixed up and, and Halo was was played in that way in, in multiplayer. and. There was a, a section of me that was actually really disappointed that that stuff wasn't included and they just cherry-pick maps and then turn them into Reach. I, I think it, it was a sign of either they were on very short of time, the budget was very small, uh, and they decided to spend it in, in places of actually doing a, a different type of HD remake. But there, there was definitely you know, areas where they, where they obviously had to cut and the multiplayer was one of those things I think they obviously decided to lose. Uh, and But I think you know for a game which basically set the foundation to, for, for Microsoft. Maybe they should have put a little bit more money and a little bit more time and then given us that stuff. Just me. No, I think that's a fair comment. And my main concerns, to conclude before we go on to our new listener interaction section, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is around 343 Industries. Because while I enjoyed my time with Halo, you know, it was not at all without significant issues. One thing, apart from the atrocious netcode, even playing it single player, uh, I'm sure you'll all recall when Halo 2 came out, there was a bit of a stink kicked up because there was the suggestion that the console couldn't really cope technically with all the normal mapping and stuff they'd added to Halo 2 over Halo 1. And particularly in cutscenes and things, it would take like two or three seconds before a lot of the more complex textures would appear on on screen. This happens in Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary. Here we are in 2012 on a, a you know a, a polished supposedly remake of a of a 10-year-old game and very often if you walk in if you walk in somewhere too fast or spin round quickly you will see the low res mesh on walls and vehicles and everything. It's very very shoddy. I've also noticed that um, since 343 fully took over Halo Waypoint, that's broken a lot of the time. It, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't function. It fails to scan your achievements properly. It fails to 
to tell what your friends have been up to and so on and so forth. Um, my concern is that they're not very good and, and not fit, fit to, to lace Bungie's boots. And I genuinely, knowing that Bungie had all the ideas for the original Halo and everything up to Reach, not including the RTS, um, I just think Halo's, Halo 4 is going to be pretty mediocre. Yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying and I share sort of your sentiments. Um, this Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary Edition, wasn't the main core of the game developed by another team as well as 343? Affinity, who were... yeah. Yeah, so it, again, there's a, there's a slight worry there with the future of the Halo franchise, the fact that they didn't, you know, I know they can't devote themselves 100%, but maybe they should have, you know, paid more attention to this anniversary remake rather than sort of part develop it with another team. Um, I definitely had a lot of problems with Halo the remake of this in this you know for the 360 uh what problems for example, did you have yourself well playing on legendary uh, on my own which is just uh, i've done it on the xbox when it uh, 10 years ago i don't know if i've got worse at games or what but i found the game 10 times as hard as heroic i just couldn't get past the um the third level when mm. i think it's true from reconciliation when you first meet the invisible dudes with the swords the elites they just i, I couldn't beat them I, 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 you know, I could beat them but i couldn't fight the waves of enemies afterwards and I think before on the original Xbox, I was exploiting the checkpoint mechanic where you'd sort of run to a corner that's quite quiet and you get a checkpoint. I wasn't getting as many of them, uh, you know, as many of checkpoints. You have to clear a room pretty much now, don't you? Yeah, but like with the co-op, you tell one person to run away in a, into a silent area and then, you know, like, oh, enemy, you know, friend is, is near combat, you know, um, not respawning. So you just run off and then you'd respawn back into the world. Whereas on your own, you'd find yourself running away from everyone just so it's clear, and then you get a checkpoint. I wasn't getting as many as them, so I felt like the game was harder. Hmm. Um, the friendly NPCs, you know, like the Marines, the Australian dudes, or they sound Australian or New Zealand. I don't know if I'm being... Some and some. Yeah, there's, there's some <laughs> from all over the world. Yeah, I found they wouldn't like do their thing. Like the, uh, One guy with a sniper is pretty crucial because he can take out long-range enemies. He was just standing there. I was like, okay, we're ready to go. This is the one guy that needed to either die or do his thing before the, the dropship come down and pick me up. I had to take him out myself because he just wasn't doing do anything. Do you think some just... codes actually got broken on, in, in, in the transfer or something? Yeah. Possibly, yeah. And it was just sort of a bit of a, oh, this game's not as polished as you know, um, Halo is Reach. rose-tinted glasses? Would it, uh, do you own the original original? I do, yeah. be interesting and, uh, to I, go back. Yeah, it would be definitely. Yeah, it's a shame, but... I, I'm excited for the next Halo, but I'm also a bit worried. Carl? It's hard because Bungie have probably done more for a community uh, than any other developer publisher ever has. Um, so handing over the reins to someone else, you're always going to be at risk. You know, if, if you said something to Bungie, they would listen, they would do something about it. There's maybe a bit of a disconnect between 343, although David Ellis on Twitter is pretty informative and interesting to follow mm. uh i'd like to have faith but i'm always optimistic about these things mm. uh you know you can't help especially after reach which is one of my favorite games of this whole generation if not ever <laughs> that's a hard act to follow um mm. it, it's one of these situations where it's probably more sensible to look forward to what Bungie make next than the next Halo well, game. You know, the, the, the talent arguably has moved on. I, I don't know. I, you can't see Microsoft wanting to, to kill this franchise. It's been very successful for them. Although, you know, you'd argue, I would even argue under Bungie's reigns, they, they run out of ideas. 
that you know, how much more can you do in this universe? There's a reason they decided to move when they did. Um, and yeah, and they did a prequel, right, which was yeah. already kind of written basically due to the novels. So and whatever. It was also referenced in Halo One and Halo Two. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, and unfortunately, I think the, the universe itself has been pretty much sewn up. Um, Bungie did a pretty good job of doing that as as and when they left. Um, so Microsoft can can take this, or Free for Free Studios can take this in in many directions. I th- I fear that they're going to do the the obvious one, which is try to um, emulate what Bungie had done previously, rather than making their own title um, and you know taking the series where they want to take it for the future of the Halo franchise, rather than just well look we've made the same mold. But as we've talked about, the mold's very good, but we are starting to feel a little wary of it. Um, I don't think as a brand new startup team you really can do that i there's some there's some great talent on that team they brought a number of really interesting people from out the industry on them put them on there i mean was it frank o'connor has moved over there from bungie to spearhead the project which yep. is very important i think for them some continuity yeah. so frank o'connor has come over from bungie um to spearhead the, the whole halo project um i'm going to be interested to see what they do i kind of want to go in a different direction at the same time i want it to be halo still uh, from this anniversary edition, I think it's it's too weird of a project to or product to judge. I, it's a remake of a of a game, and I I could argue there's there's some good points, there's some bad points about the remake. Um, it's not the true thing they've been working on that they've clearly been working on for the last two or three years. Um, it's weird that it's coming out on the, on the Xbox again and not on their, their whatever their new Xbox may be, but clearly they need the money. Mm. Um, I am concerned, but at the same time, I'm kind of excited. I remember saying this at the end of Halo Three. I think we did a review on on Digital Cowboys. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Finish the fight. Yeah, they I'm, said. I was excited where they could take the the franchise in the future. Uh, and obviously, Reach came out, and I felt like, okay, well, you know, they went backwards, but didn't really. <laughs> it was it was a good game, but where do you go now? Um, so I'm. I, I think three four three are going to do the best job they can. But if you have to put, imagine Infinity Ward. As we know it, which imploded, and and most of its staff got stripped out, um, and then they produced you know, Modern Warfare Three, which was still very much a competent game, but maybe lacked a little passion. Um, you probably can feel like Halo Four may follow that same route. It will be still a, a spectacular game because it's got the money thrown behind it. At the same time, probably doesn't have the love and the dedication that the Bungie guys brought to it because they're a unique studio in in their own right. Yeah, I think. If there's um if there's going to be any sort of lack of confidence within the team, despite them announcing a new trilogy at this year's E3 or last year's E3, I think there's every possibility that Microsoft will send out their sort of elite coders and developers to help out the project, like we've seen, well, we've heard about with um other games on different formats. It's not unheard of. I mean, all all companies usually send out the top people. Like Goldeneye was famously a a, a complete unworkable mess until Miyamoto came in with his team. And actually fixed it up, and Rare ended up getting the bit of praise for it. But um, you'd have to question. I think there there must be the passion there. Three four three is a studio made specifically for Halo. They recruited people who were Halo fans of the series, and they needed to you know know the law to get in there. And I'd like to have faith on that. And I th- I think perhaps remaking the most iconic of the Halo games is the best way for them to learn and move forwards. So do we think, given our sort of 
mostly positive but mixed in some ways response to this uh, that they should do an anniversary edition of Halo 2 and should it be for this generation or leave it until 2014 and have it as a 10-year anniversary game? Um, but from my point of view, I personally feel a Halo 2 anniversary edition uh, it wouldn't go so wouldn't go down so well with me. I found it more of a corridor shooter, if you know what I mean. I felt like while the city you were in, New Zanzibar, I do mm-hmm. believe it's called, um, it was amazing to look at and stuff. But I feel like the the sandbox nature of the levels from the first Halo mm. uh, was sort of lost. Sniper and yeah, seeing that again, yeah, seeing that again wouldn't excite me. Yeah, and obviously they could never sort of recreate the fervor with which the multiplayer was the online multiplayer was greeted back in 2004 because it was basically shooting into an open goal um carl would you like to see a, a reskinned or complete remake of halo 2 or something halo, or halo 2 yeah. is definitely my least favorite of all the halo games yeah um that's not to say it's a bad game it's just not at an elite level in some ways as all the other games have been uh you you mentioned the multiplayer there. That's definitely the way they've got to sell it. Do a full multiplayer package with all the Halo 2 maps. That that would yeah. obviously get a lot of people interested since they shut down the yeah. servers. Um, I, w- I would buy it. I would play it. I would enjoy it. But it's not a must like Combat Evolved was. Tony, any thoughts? I, I say no. I, I think they... they... They've milked the franchise probably as much as they can probably do at this at this point without destroying it. Um, I think there there was reason to have a Halo anniversary edition. It was ten years on. It is actually still one. You know, playing it now, it is still one of the greatest games to be released. Um, and it's it suit it suited a a, a remake. Um, I think if they're going to start just milling back for all the old catalog, uh, just so they can get another Halo game. It it doesn't necessarily work because how how many people really went out and brought Halo Anniversary? Halo ODST didn't sell on the same numbers that they were expecting it to because it was this weird spin off um, franchise in well, one franchise, but spin off of the Halo games. Mm-hmm. Um, Halo Wars sold okay for an RTS game, but you know hardly set the world on fire. I think it's diminishing returns every time they they drift outside of the Halo series. Although you know. I actually enjoyed Halo Wars, and I think Halo ODST was an interesting take on on the same universe with different characters. It's a much better campaign ODST, arguably, than three or two. Mm. I think oh, it but, is, um, in my opinion. But uh, I think they, you end up with diminishing returns. I, I think there's nothing to be gained from remaking Halo Two other than just people getting slightly um, fed up with the series. Um, mm. So I, I think it's better left in the in the dark. Maybe come back to it in whatever the whatever the new Xbox 720 may be, and and really blow us away what you know what that game actually was because it's Halo Two is not a terrible game. It's got some really good set pieces, and I actually didn't mind playing the Arbiter. The story is a bit messy um, or and, bollocks. Well, you you start having the your... religious element, and that <laughs> confuses matters no end. Never talk about religion. Um, so. Oh well, I'm I'm very, I'm into the idea of games approaching and discussing religion in an intelligent and sensible way. Which one has Grave Mind? Because that was the lowest point for me. It's like, Three, wasn't it? Grave, oh my god! But, terrible idea, terrible level. Um, it would be nice to have all the Halo games on one format, though. Yes, yeah, a, a sort of ultra collection. Yeah, but, I, I dream about that for so many franchises, and it so seldom happens. So, would we recommend this for people? And uh, we've we've talked. I feel like we've talked a lot about. 
Halo itself uh, and the legacy that it's had and and how good the game is still to this day. But would we actually recommend the anniversary edition, the one that we're putting on the title of this show? Carl Moon. It's interesting because last year we had a lot of big, major first-person shooters. And I can't really think of any of them that have a better single-player campaign than Halo Combat Evolved. And that, you know, you've got Crisis 2, <laughs> Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3, Battlefield 3, all major titles. And maybe Crisis 2 is an exception, but certainly the other two don't have a better single-player campaign than Halo. Mm. Darren? Right, if I was going to... I think I'd talk to the person beforehand and ask them what, what they want. <laughs> them, yeah. From, yeah, just say, look, what, what do you want from a first-person shooter? And if they say, you know, grim, grimy, realistic weaponries, I'd say, nah, not, it's not for you. It's a definitely it's a case-by-case basis. I couldn't really just say, yeah, it's really great because, as I said earlier and what we've mentioned before, like not everyone's into the, the purple and the, you know, the, the plasma and the shields and stuff like that. It's not for everyone. That? Is anyone going to say, what do you want from Has shooting? Got I want floaty controls, <laughs> pink weapons. Big jump, massive jump. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's a few people out there. So yeah, um, it, is a, it is a great game and it still stands up today. But um, yeah, it's, it's not for everyone. Tony? It's my question, but <laughs> I yeah, think and so answer it. Yes, I, I think the foundation of the game itself is is still rock solid, and I I love my time with it. I think the anniversary edition is a bit of a shoddy port from Three Four Three Studios. Uh, I like the 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 new graphics, but it, it comes with a cost of some weird glitches that you wouldn't have experienced first time round. Um, but for anyone that has previously avoided it, because oh look look out, I can't play it. It looks horrible. I think it's a chance to experience kind of where it all began. Um, I wouldn't pay full price for it. I would wait and you'll probably be able to pick it up for a decent decent dollar. Uh, I don't think it's without problems. That's what I'm trying to say. So pick it up knowing, going into that, knowing that. But you yeah. are fundamentally going to get one of the greatest games released. So yeah. I think yeah. you have if, to kind if of... If you know you hate Halo already... It doesn't uh, change then, anything. <laughs> no, it won't change anything. Um, however, if you've only ever played Halo on easy or normal and you've not tried the higher settings probably worth giving it one more go if you like first person shooters um definitely don't buy it if you're planning it on planning on playing it uh, online um the co-op i mean not the multiplayer that's a separate thing um because currently it doesn't work uh, basically um it's not fit for purpose uh, but some of the some of the uh, redone graphics are very nice indeed especially the outdoor bits and um i laughed a lot when playing it so on that front, I would recommend it. Mm. Um, to conclude, now this is uh, introducing a new feature to the show. Um, we want to get the uh, you, the listeners, involved in uh, the debate and the conversation. So for this one, we've just done one thing, which is a thread we're going we're gonna to pick up each show. Um, there'll be details later on before we close uh, about the full spectrum of listener interaction that we're going to undertake. But for now, Tony, this was your idea. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy. Well, I, I will admit I've stolen you this. You stole this idea. I stole yeah. this from, I mean, I'm at the age now where Radio 2 is more preferable to Radio <laughs> 1. Um, in fact, I found yeah. myself listening to Radio 4 uh, over the period. Well, because, yeah, you know, that's, that's highbrow, because you're highbrow. Well, this is it. You're a, um, you're a highbrow gardener. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. is there such a thing? I don't know. Um, on Radio 2, they, they do this thing on, on the... Uh, Simon Mayo show. There you go, show my age. Um, where they do free word 
basically three word Tuesdays, Mondays. They pick the day and they, they do three words. And they are, the whole idea of that is just to explain how you feel on that day. So I don't know, bright, sunshine, good. Um, just pick three random words which feel how you feel. Now, I thought this would actually work very well within the context of a singular game that we'll be talking about on each show. So, for instance, I, I think I came up with, you know, describe Halo Anniversary or review Halo Anniversary if you played it in three words. Um, so you could go really obvious and say, Halo, Combat Evolved, taking the first tagline, you'd be, oh, yeah, very clever. Or um, I can't remember the ones I'd come up with, was it um, Halo... I think I said, was it Infinite Grenade Joy or something like mm. that? So the, the idea is we're going to throw this out on Twitter. It's a lovely, easy Twitter thing. Um, although, you know, feel free if you, if you want to write in about next week's show, uh, you can just send us three words via email, which will be weird, but hey, it'll work. But it's ideal for Twitter. So I threw this out on Twitter only today um, and basically got the three words reviews from a bunch of people. So yep. um, You want to take the first four, Tony? Yes. Uh... So it's a great way of also getting a bit of a interaction with people that listen to the show and, and then they get the chance for the names. And also, out. you know, the sense that there, there are other opinions available. After yes, than ours. because um, what we worked out, well, you'll see, we worked out that our opinions are maybe slightly different from these. At odds, yes. So we have Chunky Duffy with Very Dated Game, uh, Band, or Bad Bombo. It's uh, Bonobo, as bad in uh, Bonobo, Bonobo Monkey. Yeah. Nostalgia is Death. I think I that's like. very extreme. That is good. Well, Nostalgia I like, I like can it, be but... fantastic. But uh, uh, anyway, carry on. Chris O'Regan, best left alone. As I pointed out to him, like he did after two levels. So um, unqualified comment there, really, from Chris. Yes, but... <laughs> they did a whole review on it, though, which is strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we love Chris. We love Chris, but come on. Um, Strident, memories were better. Were they, though? Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Uh, obviously, that is yeah. These these are these, these people's genuine response. Um, Count Steck, Stephen Jones. He says, "Never go back," which again is something I can't agree with because I have far too much fun playing re-releases and simply game. You know, not even re-releases, but original old games. Um, something that some people can do and some people can't. I guess. Mm-hmm. Fury Ace uh, says, "True first love." He likes Halo. Uh, the new Delboy. That is uh, Derek Ritchie. He says, "Damned good fun." So simple as that. Yeah. So we're not, we're not completely on our own in our positivity regarding the original Halo. Finally, Gary Zantiriad Blower, better known as Zan, he says, milking the franchise. And he may have a point. As of next issue, you can get involved with the show via the forum, email and Twitter. Yeah, as we just said. So the idea being that we would like to incorporate your opinions, comments, questions, feelings, uh, opinions about the games that we're going to talk about within our conversations about the forthcoming games. So obviously this needs us to announce the shows that are coming up in advance so you can think about what you like to say and add it to forum, comments, Twitter, email, whatever. We'll give you the details below. So forthcoming show topics will include next week, Red Dead Redemption. Following that, Alice, Madness Returns. Then we're going to be doing Rayman Origins. Following that, it's going to be one we mentioned earlier, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. Uh, After that, we're going to tackle a little thing called Mass Effect and its sequel, Mass Effect 2, hopefully just in time for the third game to come out. Yeah, the week before, yeah. And then, now we have, this is a bold project, um, but we intend to, over the course of the next six months, year, however long it takes, to cover the Metal Gear series. And when we say the Metal Gear series, we mean the Metal Gear series. We're starting at Metal Gear 
on the MSX. Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. Yes, the original 8-bit MSX games. We're going to play them through. Uh, they're available on subsistence and they're, they're, they're being repackaged in the HD collection, which is out here next week. So we can do that. And we're going to talk about how they stand up, how they formed the series. And, you know, sort of, if, if, if you think Halo didn't age well, boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think because with the HD collections being re-released, a lot of people were saying, well, you've got to do the Metal Gear franchise. And we agree that they're, they're very important franchises to the industry. Um, but we also can't do what a few people suggested, which was, well, just do a month worth of Metal Gear shows. No. Um, for the people that would like that, uh, that would be fantastic. For the people that aren't so keen on Metal Gear, we'd probably lose most of the subscribers. Um, so the obvious thing to do would be to start with Metal Gear Solid, but that's why we're not doing yeah, that, we're not because do that. it's not the start of the series. So, so uh, month on month, once a month, you're going to have a Metal Gear game. That's the plan in, in yeah. your rotor. Uh, mm-hmm. Rotation, so hopefully, yeah, by the time the year's out, uh, we've covered most of the Metal Gear games, and we're going to get some people on who actually understand what the fuck's going on in Metal Gear. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I can talk about them from a gameplay point of view, but boy, oh boy, I have no idea what's going on in those games. Kojima himself is going to be on the podcast trying to explain, yeah, and I don't think we're, we're going to play the spin offs necessarily, like the NES game Snake's Revenge or the um. The GBA game Ghost Babel, which was actually ex- um, GB Color, sorry, game Ghost Babel, which was excellent, but um, that might be biting off a little more than we can choose. Yes. So if you want to be part of the show, you've got to make sure that, uh, well, we've given you a list of games there so you can start playing them in advance if you want to have the interaction with the show. Yeah. Uh, the idea is now, because we're, we're getting on there, we, we've kind of feel like we've got the, the formation of the show set down and in Pat, that the crew are here. So uh, start playing these games and then get involved. Send us these questions. Uh, do the, the freeware reviews. It, it's time to kind of get the, the community involved with Kane and Rinse. Yeah. Um, and the best way you can do this is you can post us email. <laughs> you can post us email. I was going to try to read that from that. Hell. Yeah, when I put post, I didn't mean snail mail. I meant you could post on the forum. <laughs> you can post us a letter. You could post uh, us. That would be brilliant. No, nah, let's, let's not. Uh, you can do that address. by posting on the forum. Um, send us an email or tweet about anything else you like yeah you can also it doesn't have to be just about those games although we may run out of time to talk about mm-hmm. other things um we're probably not going to go completely off video game topic on cane and rinse because it's kind of not what we do but uh if you want to talk about another game either one that's coming out or one that's close to your heart then by all means you can also suggest games for us to cover on the mm-hmm. show uh so our blog and uh, you should check it out. Is at canorince.com. Darren, and soon to be joined by Josh, who you'll have heard on the podcast before. Uh, they're continuing producing excellent um, videos, which we call Quick Rinses. And uh, they tend to be about 20 minutes of pure gameplay and shenanigans. What you got coming up, Darren? Uh, from myself, yeah. I have a Portal 2 and a game called Dust Force. Mm-hmm. I'll leave that to... Uh to a Google search if you want to check mm-hmm. out. And uh, Josh has got various console versions uh, of Quick Rinses coming up, whereas I cover the PC side, he covers the console Super. side, and he's going to try, and myself, we're going to both try and coincide videos of Quick Rinses with the games that we're talking about on the show. Brilliant. So, yeah, we've got Red Dead Redemption, Ooh. Quick Rinse coming up, and uh, other stuff like that. Fantastic. Uh, we are part of the Character Select Network, so you can come and join the discussion, and as we said, make add comments, post, blah, 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 questions, whatever, at characterselect.net slash forum. You can follow us on Twitter at Rinse. You can email us uh, at canarince at gmail.com. 
thank you to those people who have already emailed in just to say nice things. Very grateful. Um, we read all of your emails. However, we can't return them or something like that. <laughs> uh, you can like our Facebook page, which is updated with everything we update on the blog. That's facebook.com slash Kane and Rince. And of course, if you can make your way over to the iTunes uh, page and, and leave us a review, uh, subscribe, a rating are all very welcome. It does help us in the long run, believe it or not. Just a small thing, but it, it helps. Yeah, thanks to everyone who's left reviews so far. And we're sorry so, if you use any other device that is other than iTunes. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. So uh, I've been Leon Cox. Um, I need to thank Tony Atkins. Thank you. Also, Carmoon and Darren. Cheers. Thank you very much. Welcome to Cana Rinse again, Darren. You, oh, you popped your, it's been popped a joy. cherry. And uh, we'll see you next week uh, with a different, slightly different lineup for Red Dead Redemption. Until then, here's probably some music from Halo with any luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that's it. Spot on. <laughs>